Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. There's a new high-tech hotel brand on the block, and it's aimed at millennials. It's called Lifehouse, and the co-founder and CEO, Rami Zaydan, joins me now. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Nice to be here. So you're getting ready to open two new hotels in Miami, one in Little Havana, the other in South Beach. This is a crowded space. Tell us what makes Lifehouse different. Sure. So uh, we've taken a vertically integrated approach to the product. So we develop the hotels, we design them, and we operate them. So we create a really cohesive branded experience throughout all aspects of the equation. And uh, we've kind of done some innovative things on the technology side to deliver a product that's kind of catered specifically towards millennials, uh, whereas the hotel chains have existed for decades. Um, and we're kind of starting from the ground up from this uh, from this. Uh, Talk narrative. to me about about this technology and 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 what what are you offering millennials that you believe other hotel chains are not? Sure. So on the product side, physical product side, we learned a lot from. Airbnbs of the world where uh, millennials want to spend more on uh, experiences and less on material goods. Uh, an isolated hotel room obviously uh, kind of takes the form of a material good. So we're able to kind of uh, optimize the experience for what they want to spend money on. Mm -hmm. And then on the technology side, uh, we've delivered uh, a mobile application and um, and a kind of custom branded booking experience to allow uh, our guests to have a branded journey throughout from start to finish. So you've launched part of this tech is that you've <coughs> launched a social network for your guests. How does how does that work? So uh, after you book, uh, you have the ability to uh, opt in to a social network that allows you to see who else is traveling on your dates and interact with them. Um, uh, you can also participate in forums, so you can see there's a health and wellness forum or a nightlife forum or a foodie forum and kind of interact with people that are, have similar interests. Um, and you can also kind of connect one-on-one -on -one with guests that are traveling alone or in groups. Has research shown that this is what people want? Because frankly, we have Facebook and Twitter, which helps to connect people in, in very much the same way. But I personally find it a little bit creepy. <laughs> sure. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of research that shows uh, people want to connect with new people. So much of experiential millennial-driven travel is about meeting new people. Um, it's hard to connect with new people when you're on the road. Uh, Facebook sure works, and you can stalk people on Instagram, what have you. But <laughs> uh, we foster community through the technology. So you have to make a reservation, which costs hundreds of dollars. You have to be verified through our background check system. And so it kind of fosters an organic community through these kind of natural uh, uh, verifications. And we have, excuse me, local members in the platform as well that can, are, on the pl uh, are on the app. So uh, even if you're traveling and you want to meet locals, you can, you can meet verified locals hmm. instead of jumping on a dating app or what have you. So you're verified, though, only if you opt into the social networking portion, not if you just make a, a flat-out reservation at the hotel. Correct. So you, ha you have to opt into the social networking. Okay. You can uh, opt out of being visible as well. Yeah. Talk to me about price, because that could really be a deciding factor, especially for, for younger millennials. What is your price point? Sure. Um, so because we're vertically integrated, we save costs on a lot of the uh, spectrum. So we can develop things faster and cheaper, and we can sell rooms cheaper because we're kind of bypassing a lot of the costly 
OTAs like Expedia and Priceline. Uh, and by doing that, we can deliver a four and a half star product at a three and a half star price. Um, so we'll we have a brand standard that will always have a standard queen room for uh, less than one hundred and forty nine dollars a night. Okay. Um, even in some of the major cities? Yeah, Miami is one of the top cities. Right. In the, and, uh, and so our product is really focused in markets where hotel prices are exorbitantly high, uh, where millennials want to stay at a boutique hotel but don't want to pay $400, $500 a night. And, you know, my myself, I can afford a $400 a night, $500 a night hotel, but I feel somewhat guilty about it, and I want to just still spend money on the experience. Well, you feel like your money is better spent elsewhere. I Correct. completely understand that. Maybe you want to spend it elsewhere during your vacation. Um, are, what about other markets? Where are you, if anywhere right now, and or where do you hope to be? Sure. So we have a few in Miami, and the reason for having a few in the same market to start is we want to tell the story of each neighborhood. We're really locally rooted, and a lot of times that word is thrown around, but what it means to us is to really tell the story of the kind of granularity of, of the, the neighborhood, not just a city at whole. Um, and we're, we're really focused on markets where hotel prices are exorbitantly high. So Miami is one of them. New York is one of them. We've got a project in Brooklyn. Um, and then... <clears throat> And Boston, maybe. Boston. I was there recently. There, yeah. I mean, they also don't have a lot of inventory. Yeah, um, it's it's tough. San Francisco is a great one. Sure. L.A. We've got a project in, in, under construction in Denver uh, mm-hmm. as well. So uh, markets where hotel prices are high uh, is is where we're focused. And you're backed by some Silicon Valley money, right? Yeah. So we've raised uh, we've raised a bunch of money, and it's important to note we've raised money from Silicon Valley and from private equity. So we've raised about uh, almost 11 million from Silicon Valley. And uh, close to sixty million in real estate capital from uh, real estate investors, and uh, uh, some of the names include Comcast Ventures uh, and uh, Global Founders Capital, Rocket Internet, and Trinity Ventures. And all of this happened during what time period? When was the company actually founded? When were you looking to to raise funds? We closed our seed round, so we really started a year ago, last September. So in a year, you've got you've raised how much? About seventy million across both platforms. Wow. All right, you are well on your way. Um, what about the offerings at the hotels? Um, are is is food offered? Is it sort of in, in the sense of a traditional hotel may offer at the very least breakfast? Sure. Uh, so food and beverage is a key component to the experience. Uh, we work with uh, local chefs and uh, bartenders uh, in every market. And uh, yeah, and so in Little Havana, we've got a great rooftop bar and restaurant and a ground floor cafe that really work cohesively with the brand and the experience. And then in South Beach, uh, a lobby restaurant and cafe and, and an outdoor garden restaurant. And in every hotel, we really are kind of catering to this digital nomad, if you will. So our guests can always have a place to work in the lobby and grab a coffee um, as well. Um, does it cost anything to um, be part of the social network? Uh, no. So uh, it's free and it's about kind of uh, your your value to the community is not how much money you spend. It's it's kind of what you contribute socially. So you know, I don't have to tell you that there are a lot of big players in the hotel industry. You yourself come from real estate and, and the hotel industry having worked at Starwood. Um, can you compete with their level of resources? Yes. So uh, we have a, we're the first Silicon Valley backed lifestyle hotel company in the US, which allows us to 
spend uh, not only liberally on the creative side of the business, um, but also on the tech. And much of the hotel industry has evolved from you know decades ago. Uh, so they think of technology as an afterthought. Meanwhile, all the rooms are sold online. And so to compete in a modern age where you need to target customers digitally, uh, we're actually best positioned to do it. Talk to me about your, <clears throat> do that again. <clears throat> to have a sip of water. Talk to me about the, talk to me about the name Lifehouse. How did you pick that? Because I know there was a pretty big band in the 1990s with the name Lifehouse. I don't know if there's any connection there for you. Zero connection. Um, <laughs> the name was derived from the world, the word lifestyle. Uh, if you think about travel, to us we think about travel as not being a reward for work, but an education for life. Uh, we think that travel is rooted in substance and meaning, and there's so much to discover when you travel, new cultures, new people, um, and that exposure to these new experiences, new cultures, new people, uh, kind of at its core uh, uh, makes us feel better about ourselves and our belonging to the to the world. Mm -hmm. And there's a social aspect too, which kind of can break down uh, barriers to prejudices or or judgment of of of, of culture. And we were started, uh, you know, shortly after the last election, and you know, kind of feel very passionate about connection organically through this foundational principle. We know that um, the hotel industry uh, in general has had to really respond to competition they didn't see coming in the form of Airbnb and others like that platform. Um, how do you uh, see Airbnb in relation to your company? And is this is Lifehouse really a hybrid of traditional hotel meets Airbnb? I think what Airbnb has done very well is said uh, the traditional hotel structure doesn't work for the modern traveler. Um, the, 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 from housekeeping every night to uh, concierge to bellmen, et cetera, a modern-day customer doesn't want to spend on those things. Um, Airbnb, however, is apartments. Uh, there's lack of consistency, and obviously there's lack of community because you're in a apartment in a in a in a an apartment building you generally don't belong in and for us we think uh they've done a lot there and we can learn a lot from them but we're in legal commercially zoned buildings uh so we don't have any regulation issues um and b we've we've been able to uh kind of create a price point that actually is cheaper than Airbnb with the traditional hotel experience. So we think Airbnb does really well because it's so affordable. Um, for us, we've created even a bunk bed product that can compete with the group travel uh, demand that goes to Airbnb. And, uh, and then obviously we have community and food and beverage on property uh, in a way that Airbnb, because they don't own their spaces, mm -hmm. uh, has, has difficulty doing. You mentioned uh, the bunk beds. So, what about families? Are they are they welcome at the hotel, and how are you in, in catering to them, if at all? So we actually uh, so we, we cater really to a psychographic more than a demographic. There's a lot of kind of we're targeting mature millennials, not just you know young twenty year olds, and and so families are a part of that equation. Um, uh, so we actually have family rooms where we'll have a queen room, uh, queen bed in one room, and then an uh, attached bunk bed for the for the children. Um, so uh, again, looking for affordable travel for kind of psych that psychographic of, of uh, whether it's a family or an individual or group that wants to stay at a cool, interesting place that they resonate with uh, at an affordable price point. So one year out, you've got how many hotels up and running? Uh, so we open our first two uh, uh, shortly, uh, and we've got six under construction. 
And you said they are in L.A.? Uh, a, a, a couple more in Miami okay. underway, uh, one in Denver and one in Brooklyn. Okay. You said L.A. You're looking at space there. We've got a, a big pipeline on the West Coast uh-huh. uh, that's too early to mention here. Do you think, uh, I'm really looking down the road now for you, but international expansion, is that in the plan at all? Absolutely. So uh, one of our investors is based in Europe, uh, uh, and we're, we're working on some projects in Europe um, as well as uh, in, in South America. Oh, wow. All right. So exciting stuff. It's called LifeHouse, and uh, you are a founder and CEO. Rami Zaydan, thank you so much for Thanks being so much. Here. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.